You know, the Apostle Paul traveled a lot of different places in the Roman Empire in the first century. He ministered to many different kinds of people. He and his missionary team were instrumental in establishing churches all throughout the Roman Empire, practically, all the way over to Rome. And uh, he spent a lot of time in a place called Asia Minor. And one of the churches that he established there was the church at Philippi, Philippi, which is in Macedonia, uh, kind of upper part of, of Greece, I guess we would say today. Paul and his companions were trying to figure out where God wanted him to go next, and suddenly one night he had this vision of a man in Macedonia who was standing there calling out to him, come help us, come help us. And so the knowing that that was from the Lord, Paul and his companions immediately went down to Macedonia, and they settled in one of the principal cities of that area called Corinth, or Philippi, I'm sorry, I said Corinth earlier. Philippi, the biggest city that was in the area. And through unusual circumstances, they brought people to the Lord, uh, to faith in Jesus Christ. This is told to us in Acts chapter 16. Um, they they uh, normally would go to a Jewish synagogue on the Sabbath, and they would meet the Jews that were there. They say, okay, let's start with people that have faith in the same God, and then let's introduce them to Jesus. But there wasn't a synagogue to go to, so they found out that there was a place of prayer out by the river, and so they showed up there on the Sabbath, and here were these people gathered together to pray to God. They were uh, Jewish people believing in God and others, perhaps. And that very first week, Paul introduced them to Jesus. He said, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about the Messiah that God has sent. And a woman there that was a merchant named Lydia, Lydia and her whole household believed. They were converted uh, to Christ. They were baptized into Christ. And so for the next few days, they continued going to this place of prayer. And there was this demon-possessed woman who had some gift to fortune tell for people. And her masters would make money off of her fortune telling. And so she would follow them day after day. And she would say what was the truth. they say, these men are servants of the Most High God. And, but she said it so many times and so loud that it became a real distraction. Then eventually it became an annoyance. And so Paul turned around to her and he said, in the name of Jesus, I command you, evil spirit, to come out of her. And the evil spirit left her, which meant she could no longer tell fortunes, which meant she could no longer make money for her masters. And so the masters raised a, a, a ruckus, a riot started, and, and this whole mob uh, suddenly you know, convened. And, and pretty soon Paul and Silas, who were there, they're both uh, grabbed by the authorities, and they're beaten, uh, and they are thrown into the prison and put in stocks, in, in, in uh, chains. And that very night, as they sat there chained in the darkness, they prayed and they sang praises to Almighty God for being with them. I mean, would we pray, would we sing praises after that kind of treatment? I'm not sure, but they did. Because they realized that God was moving, God was doing something in Philippi. And so God sent an earthquake in the middle of the night, and it set all of the prisoners free from their jail cells. The doors swung open, and the chains fell off of their wrists and their ankles. Well, the jailer woke up, and he thought that all of his prisoners had escaped. And so he started to you know, give, put the knife or the, the sword to himself. But Paul stopped him. He said, no, no, don't harm yourself, because we're all still here. None of us have left. We're all st still here in your, in your jail. And he came in and fell on his knees before Paul and then Paul says, okay, uh, God's moving. God's doing something. Let's gather everyone together. All the prisoners, all the guards, the man's family, all gathered together. In the middle of the night, 
and Paul preached the gospel to them, the good news of Jesus. And in the middle of the night, they all accepted faith in Jesus Christ. They put their trust in Jesus to save them. And in the middle of the night, all of them were baptized into Christ. Now, that always stands out to me. The, you, know, you don't wait. You don't, you don't put this off. You don't say, well, someday we'll get around to these things. No, in that moment, when they realized what God was doing, what God had done for them, they accepted God's grace in Jesus Christ. And the church at Philippi was launched. Now, these Philippians loved the Apostle Paul dearly. They took care of him while he was there in Philippi. And even after he left there and went on to other places, they sent him financial support time and time again. And he talks about this in this letter that when others you know, were, were uh, uh, not supporting him so well, not remembering him so well, the Philippian believers always came through. And so now he writes this letter, Philippians, we call it, in the, New, in, in the New Testament. He writes one of the most encouraging, helpful letters in the entire New Testament. And so this is how he begins his letter, Philippians 1.1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice what he says. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way, Paul says, about all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Here at the beginning of this letter, Paul speaks of his love and appreciation for the church at Philippi. He also reveals his desire to visit this church as soon as he could and tells them what he's praying for them. And using Paul's opening remarks, I just want to share three things with you this morning. We're going to do some other things of appreciation and gratitude today, but I do want to begin by showing you my gratitude for you. I'd like to share my gratitude for you. I'd like to share my love for you. I'd like to share my prayers for you. This is the outline that Paul kind of follows in these verses. I'd like to share my gratitude for you. God has done, is doing, will do some great things in this congregation. Jane and I are so thankful to be part of this church, just like we've been for the past 32 years. That, that, sometimes I can't even imagine that it's been that long, and I can't remember all those years all that well. <laughs> but there's been many of them. One of our neighbors passed by the other day, how long have you lived in that house? Oh, man, it's, it's been 31 years we've been in that house. Hmm. And I want you to know how grateful we are to be part of this congregation, what God is doing. Like Paul, I'm thankful for the leaders of this church, all the leaders that we've had. He talks about, uh, in this letter, he addresses it to God's holy people, but with the overseers, that's the elders and the deacons. And so here at New Hope, we have some amazing leaders. Uh, we've had many amazing leaders, those who are elected, those who are selected, those who are appointed, those who volunteer for various ministries. And these godly people have a leadership role. They have some way that they're, you know, administratively over people. 
But every one of them has had a servant's heart, and that's been such a key to their service and to their leadership. I'm thankful for every elder and deacon we've ever had at New Hope, especially the ones we have now who are just giving and giving and helping and helping. And alongside them are the leaders of many other ministries, worship and the women's group and music and missions and children and youth, and that list could go on and on. Not only am I grateful for the leaders, however, like Paul, I am grateful for the members and for the volunteers and workers of this church. Paul just calls them all God's holy people in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi. And then in verse 3, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Every member of this congregation adds something. As we assemble together every week for worship and fellowship and ministry, you add something by being here, by uh, interacting with different people, by the smile on your face, by the joy in your voice and, and when you sing. I'm so thankful for each person who walks through these doors each week and is faithful in their attendance. And I'm even more thankful for those volunteers who clean and take care of the building and grounds, who teach and encourage our children or our teens or our adults who sing or play an instrument up here in our, our worship band every Sunday. You know, these people do that like 50 weeks out of the year. Nobody ever pays them to do that, but they just love to do that. They love to serve. Uh, those people who, who uh, uh, prepare and serve meals like today that we're going to have, and those who serve on all kinds of ministries and committees and teams. I'm also grateful for everyone who gives faithfully to the Lord's work every, every week to help us here in our local ministry, but also the ministries that go on around the world. Now, that list could just go on and on. We could just say, well, just what about this or what about that? But I want you to just know I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for your devotion to the Lord. In verse 5 of our text, Paul says that his brothers and sisters were his partners in spreading the good news of Christ. They were his fellow laborers, his comrades in ministry, and so every Christian church has faithful workers like you who give their time and their talents to the Lord and to the kingdom of God. And I thank God for them. As your preacher, I am grateful for your genuine concern for one another, for your prayers for one another, and for your willingness to show God's love in a variety of ways to the, to the hurting, lonely people of our community. You know, you're reaching out Day by day, I don't even see that happening. I, I know it's happening. I get stories sometimes from you. But every day, your presence is making a difference in this community. In verse 6, he says, I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And I, I thought about New Hope. Fifty years this church has been around. There's a rich history. There is a lasting legacy Fifty years ago, God began a work here in Manassas when he led a, a small group of Christ followers to start a church. Many times, our enemy, Satan, has tried to stop what God was doing through this ministry. But God has seen us through all those, those times, good and bad, and he's still using this congregation to glorify his name. And whether you've been here for decades or whether you've only been here a few months or years, I know that God, who has begun a great work in you and me, will carry it on to completion in Jesus Christ. And I want each of you to know that I'm grateful for you. Secondly, as Paul says, I want to share my love for you. 
in verses 7 and 8, it says, It is right for me to feel this way about you, since I have you in my heart. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Paul states that the brothers and sisters in Christ in Philippi had a special place in his heart. He says that he has great love for them. The kind of love that Jesus has for us all. And Jane and I feel the same kind of love for you, our brothers and sisters here at New Hope. We have been through so much together. We have been beside you during some difficult times in your lives. And you have been there beside us through difficult times in our lives. We have rejoiced together as our children and grandchildren were born. We have cried and we have grieved together as we've had to say goodbye to loved ones who have passed on. I've baptized many of you. I've conducted more than a few weddings around here, some of your weddings. And I've also officiated many funerals for the people that we have all loved. You have been there for Jane and me as we raised our two children and now as we help and encourage our five grandchildren to grow up. You were there when my parents passed away in 2010 and 2018. And you were there last year when my father-in-law passed away. No one could ask for greater support than you have given us. And we have counted it a privilege to support and encourage you any way that we could. We've praised the Lord together. We've worshipped Him. We've studied the Bible together. We have prayed many, many times. And I hope you realize the depth of our love for you. Now that brings up my final point, which Paul says in his letter to the Philippians. I would like to share my prayers for you. Look at Philippians 1, 9 through 11. He says, And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Paul tells him very specifically what he prays for. What I pray for you is the same. He prayed that their love would keep on growing. There would be no end to you know, how much that love could abound in our hearts. He prayed that the knowledge that they had, the understanding would increase, that they would be able to discern between truth and error, and they would be able to build their lives on the truth. He prayed that they would live holy lives, therefore, until Christ returns, that they would stay pure, they would stay devoted, they would stay in love with Jesus from this day until the last breath they take. He prayed for them to be fruitful for the kingdom of God, fruitful individually, fruitful as a congregation, bearing fruit both spiritually and even physically in the lives of other people who come to faith in Christ. And finally, Paul just prayed that somehow their lives would glorify Almighty God in every way. These are my prayers for you. And I, too, pray that your lives will be fruitful for God and that this fruit will bring glory and praise to God. Now we're going to say a few more words of appreciation just a few minutes to many people. But before we do that, can I just pray for you, pray for our future together as a church. Lord, we bow before you today. We're grateful for what you have done over these past 50 years. We know that some momentous changes are happening now in our congregation. Some people are, are moving on and others are coming in. We know, Lord, that these changes sometimes... Uh, can really rock the boat and, and gaps appear. And so those 
gaps need to be filled. Just so many things are in our minds right now. But Lord, we know that you are the same God who, who established this church, the same God who has carried us through these 50 years. And so I pray to you now, Lord, that you would bring the love of this congregation to the forefront, that we would just grow and abound in the love of Christ, both for one another and for this community and for this world. I pray, Lord, that, that we would be devoted to you and we would be pure and holy in our lives, that we would know the difference between the truth and error in this world. There's so, so much going on now, Lord, that would distract us or that would, would deceive us. And Lord, we go to your word and we find out what your truth is and we know how to live then. Help us to, to establish our lives on your word and that truth. Help us, Lord, to live for you from this moment until our last breath here on earth. And Lord, I pray that there would be great fruitfulness in this congregation and in our individual lives. And there would also be uh, the glory that we could bring to you, the praise that we could bring to you for you are worthy of that praise. We are your servants. We are your children. And we love you and we serve you in the name of Jesus. And I pray this through Jesus. Amen. Amen.